Hey everybody, welcome to Media Review Pod, a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and you can tweet at us using the Twitter handle at Media Review Pod with the hashtag Media Review Pod. You can also send us an email at mediareviewpod at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or suggestions. And you can also leave a voicemail at our phone number, which is 407-603-5847. Today, it'll just be me talking to you directly without any guests. Now, given the fact that we are in the fabricated month of love and friendship, I decided to make this a special episode. A one-off to talk about the one I chose as my Valentine this year. Mr. Picasso, our dog. So, I want to share a story with everybody. Those close to me know that I'm a pretty private person. Says the guy who has a podcast, right? Uh, No, but seriously, um, I usually keep to myself if I'm not called upon. Which has made it a little bit difficult to navigate my profession since most work comes from networking and people who know people who know people who know you and so forth. And I can strike up a conversation fine, but I really need to have something to say for me to open my mouth. And so this is all to say that what I share with you today, though it is part of my private life, I just need to get off my chest and have a record of it. Something that I can look back and listen to and remember. You know, it's funny how memories work. At least for me. You know, when I think back of, I don't know, a specific moment, important moments in my life, it's like I'm actually going through them again, although maybe with a slight haze. It happens when I look back on my own childhood, when I think about milestones in my relationship with my wife and key moments in the development of my kids into actual human beings. And Picasso, our dog, is no exception to this. So the story goes a little something like this. It's the mid-2000s, and I'm still living in Puerto Rico. I'm heading to my girlfriend's house around... Six or seven in the evening, the sun has already set. And I don't know why, but I'm in a hurry. You know, not paying attention to my surroundings. But as I walk toward my car, I catch a glimpse of something from the corner of my eye and I stop. It's a dog. A scraggly, grayish-brown, matted small terrier mutt is walking along the sidewalk, looking for something, until he finds me. Now, thanks to my girlfriend, Roxana, who will be crazy enough to marry me a year later, I learned to love animals. And now I see this guy, and I'm entranced. I just feel like he's always belonged there with us. So, he sticks with us, and we stick with him. In the following days, we take him to the vet and give him the royal treatment. He gets a really nice haircut and basically looks like a miniature schnauzer mix. Except his hair is not wiry like like a regular schnauzer. Now he has no mats, he has no fleas or ticks. His shots are up to date and he's basically ready for his close-up. So we put flyers out to see if anyone has lost a pet, but 
lucky for us, no one calls back. So Roxana and I, we talk about it. And a few days later, we adopt him as our first child, Picasso. And he's a playful guy, about a year old. He loves running in the yard and chasing balls, any balls, squeaky ones, tennis balls, you name it. Add that on to the fact that he's extremely affectionate and what we have in our hands is an almost perfect furball who has become an essential part of our household. The following year, Roxana and I get married and he moves with us to California, flying in his own rolling kennel, which fits perfectly under the seat in front of us. And Picasso loves to fly. He loves his kennel and he loves being tucked under and inside something. It's like his very own burrow. So anytime we go anywhere, Picasso is there with us. All we have to do is take the kennel, which looks very much like a small suitcase, and just roll it around with him inside. If we go downtown to San Francisco, Picasso's there. If we go to the mall, Picasso's there. Road trip, he's there too. When we finally reach Berkeley and our first house, which is actually a small apartment in the north side of campus, he makes it his own, welcoming us every day when we come back and being very skeptical of any visitors who dare to cross the outside-inside threshold. He is also Roxana's study companion while she finishes her master's degree. He will even beg her to be on her lap or on the table as she works, even though he barely fits on the table. I mean, this is an 18-pound dog after all. In Berkeley, he also has his first encounter with shoes to avoid his paws getting dirty after every walk. When he wears them for the first time, he gives us a look, basically saying, Really? I have to wear this? And when he takes his first steps with them, he walks like a horse on a fit. And I don't think he'll ever get used to those. Now, two years go by, and after many wonderful memories in Northern California, we move south where it was my turn to do my master's degree. And we settle in the city of Orange, about 32 to 34 miles away from USC. So you guys can imagine my commute. It's a very interesting one. And I will sometimes stay in campus until very late to either avoid traffic or to finish some video editing for a class. So I sometimes get back home around midnight and guess who's waiting for me? Yep, Picasso. Now, there seems to be something I forgot to mention. Since we moved so far away, our family is basically always begging us to come back. <laughs> so what we do is at least once a year, we, we go to Puerto Rico and hang out with the family and enjoy the wonderful food. However, Picasso has become such an indelible part of our family that our family members from both sides always remind us that if we ever leave Picasso behind, we will not be welcomed in either home. So we follow suit. We bring him everywhere we go, always flying with us in the cabin underneath the seat in front of us. Now, three more years go by, and at this point, Roxana and I are talking about expanding our family. Naturally, we're, we're a bit concerned about how Picasso is going to take this. So we take every precaution possible to try and make the transition as smooth as possible and the day finally arrives it's a boy alexander and picasso is curious but he's pretty thrilled to meet him he smells everything concerning the baby and he slowly gets used to having something new and alive in the house all the time 
And though the affection now has to be split, he's still our boy. And, you know, he's mature enough to understand this. And months go by, and he learns the baby's cues, alerting us anytime Alexander cries. Now, like every brotherly relationship, they don't always see eye to eye, but they eventually start to get along. They go to the park together on the radio flyer. And after a while, Alexander learns to walk Picasso with a leash. All through this, I'm thinking, man, they grow up too fast. But little did I know that two years later, another member of the family would be growing and coming into the world. We go through the entire process again of acclimating to a new environment, but now we have to include Alexander in the picture. And I won't lie, it does get tricky. But like I always say, parenting is two things. One, do everything in your power to keep the kid alive. And two, the rest, you're mostly winging it to the best of your knowledge. And so far it works. The big day comes and it's wonderful when Alexander and Picasso finally get to meet Liam. Seeing those three grow up together is pretty cool. They, uh, they have a lot of fun. Um, and amongst all the, the fighting and complaints, they always seem to work things out. They play with Picasso and his orange ball to see how fast he can run. They race him back home to see who gets there first. And, you know, Picasso usually wins unless he gets distracted by some wonderful new spell. They join him on long walks along the river and ride with him inside the big bike trailer attached to my bicycle. They also make fun of him when he does crazy stuff like, I don't know, wearing those shoes I mentioned before. And they also get annoyed with him when he eats their food. You know, I always tell them, you can't just leave your food out there and walk away because it's always lurking around. It's always seeking that moment when they're not looking to swipe their food. And I think he got used to them throwing broccoli and carrots from their high chairs now we always take picasso in for his six-month visit to the vet and this time we get a call from the doctor who tells us that there's something that's not right in his blood work so obviously we do everything we can to get to the bottom of it and picasso has something wrong with his kidneys it's nothing to be overly worried about but it's something that has to be monitored for the time being However, he does have to start a new diet um, to get those levels back to normal. And, you know, that's what we do. We we get him his new food, and he's not into it right away. But you know, after a little bit of coaxing, he finally agrees and he eats it. And he looks fine. His demeanor is the same, and his energy hasn't changed. So we're pretty confident that we can handle this. Plus, he can still eat his sliced apples and his carrots, so... He's fine. Several years go by and now Alexander is in kindergarten. Liam is in preschool. Roxana has been working at her company now for almost 10 years. And Picasso, well, he's home with me, watching me work. He's there giving looks with opinions and silently telling me how an edit is going or how unremarkable is that new plot twist I came up with, although I insist it's great. He's basically becoming my writing partner. I just have to figure out how to compensate him. Up to this point, we've been in California for almost 11 years. And lately, Roxana has been giving me hints that she would like to change scenery. Now, I'm not a fan of this, but 
you know, I've been mulling it over since she mentioned it. But our life is here. And it has been here for over a decade. The kids have friends. We all have friends, but I understand that there are other things that have to be considered. Not the least being our family in Puerto Rico. So after a year of tough decision making, we finally decide to take the plunge. I'm not a fan of moving from one place to the other, but cross country, forget it. This is a living nightmare. At least the kiddos are taking it pretty well, better than me for sure. I sometimes get these anxiety attacks for no reason. I mean, I, I, I know why, but they just come out of the blue and I try to hide them from my kids, but Picasso knows. He looks at me from his bed and he's like saying, dude, get a grip. It's just a move. So until the day gets here, we've decided to enjoy every moment left for us in California. We, we go to the beaches and our most frequented places. We play in the parks, roll around with the kids on the grass, have our last days with our boys and, and their buddies. We play with Picasso again in his favorite places and run with him along the river. He's getting a little tired now, so we tend to carry him back home. As a matter of fact, when we got back from the park today, the kids tried to race him to the door, and he missed our house for the first time. My first thought was, we probably need to get Picasso some glasses. And just like that, we're off. Off to a new location and a new adventure as a family. We leave many friends and places behind, but we take the memories with us. California, you were great to us, but now we're off to the East Coast. As always, Picasso is very well behaved in the airplane. We were a little concerned that uh, because of his kidney condition, he would want to go potty during the flight, but he's just sleeping the entire trip. And thankfully, it's a red eye, so the kids are sleeping too. <laughs> during the trip, I talked to my wife about the logistics of our arrival. And then we get there, and all the stress slowly melts away. There's, there's no turning back now. We're all here. All five of us as a family. Several days go by and we're finally able to enter our rental home. The kids are fascinated with it. They, they go explore every corner downstairs. They run up to see what's upstairs. And Picasso, excited about his new place, goes exploring as well. Now, we've been here for a couple of months. We've had to keep Picasso downstairs because the second floor is all carpet and We don't want to mess it up if we can avoid it. So he sleeps downstairs, which he doesn't mind, given that he's uh, not fond anymore of going up and downstairs. His joints are beginning to feel it. And honestly, I'm beginning to feel it too, especially when it's cold outside. Now, we knew from the get-go that we were not going to stay in this rental for long, but we never expected to find a house before the year was over. And it's exactly what we've been looking for. I'm pretty sure that Picasso is relieved as well. It's it's all tile. The kitchen, the family room. Actually, every room has tile. And best of all, it's a one-story house, so no more going up or down the stairs. So it all worked out. The cross-country move, the rental, the new house. We did it. And after a year here, I can tell you that the place has grown on us. Especially me. <laughs> We uh, we live in a very nice neighborhood where the kids can play and Picasso can do his thing. There's even a dog park close by, although Picasso hasn't been too interested in going there lately. 
After that big move, we've noticed that his health is slowly declining and he's a little slower and lazier than usual. So we, we took him to the vet and his kidney values are high again. And we have to leave him hospitalized for three days until his system gets flushed. And they're basically putting him on intravenous fluids in order for his body to eliminate the toxin in his kidneys. And that's hard, you know, leaving him there. I talked to my wife about it and we're very concerned. Picasso is not the young, sprightly puppy anymore. He's 14 years old now and any little health issue is a serious one. So after those three days we bring him back home and he's doing a lot better now still not walking much but more alert than before in the mornings when he wakes up the kids call him king picasso uh, and this is because since he sleeps with a blanket all night when he gets out of bed the blanket is still on him and it looks like like he's a king like he has a robe that's until he shakes it off, of course, but well, you know what I'm talking about. So after that stint in the hospital, Picasso's levels have normalized, but from now on, we have to flush his system twice a week by administering him with fluids subcutaneously. And now Roxana and I are experts with the needle. We're basically his nurses now. <laughs> you know what? He, he, he loves it because every time we pinch him, we cut some carrots and we let him munch on that while we work on him aside from the kidney diet and the intravenous fluids he's losing his balance so we're giving him some natural extracts to help him with his mental focus and yeah, it's all in the food so he doesn't really notice but it sucks it sucks to see our little guy like that when he's sleeping we we lie beside him and we stroke him making sure he's comfortable. And he opens his eyes and looks at us. You know, that that knowing look saying, oh, I remember you. Now, could you scratch a little under the ear? Ah, yeah. There you go. Ah, thanks. Now let me sleep. <laughs> it's moments like these. I, I remember when he used to jump into our bed in the middle of the night. He usually did it right after he got a haircut. He got cold, so he wanted to snuggle up between us. And he would sleep there all night, taking up most of the space in our bed. Of course, he doesn't do that anymore. He can barely get out of bed. <laughs> and he's a little arthritic now, so when we see him standing up, it's either to go potty or eat. And since walking further than 20 feet now is a struggle for him, if we're not paying attention, he'll have a lot of accidents you know potty accidents and those are not cool i can tell you that and that's why we have doggy diapers now on him you know we still take him outside but sometimes there's just not enough time between his signals and the actual duty so those help a lot anyway that's how it's been now for the past year or so we can't really go anywhere now with him because he doesn't like being cooped up in anymore he he likes to feel his surroundings and we can't really leave him in a, a pet hotel or anything like that because of his condition so 
we stay. You know, vacations can wait. We can wait. And the most important thing for us is to make our Picasso as comfortable as possible. Now, as I'm turning in for the night, I, I hear him cough. It's late. I have just come back from an unexpected trip to Puerto Rico and I'm exhausted. My wife is asleep, but I keep hearing Picasso cough. So I wake her up and ask what's going on. She tells me he's been doing that for the past two days, but that tonight is worse than before. And we decide to wait out the night and take him to the vet the next day. But his cough is terrible all night, and we can hardly sleep. Now it's morning, and after doing all our daily morning routine with the kids, we finally take Picasso to the vet. And we have to wait a little while, but finally the doctor calls back and tells us that his chest x-rays have come back, revealing some fluid in the lungs. Naturally... I'm in high gear, you know, asking questions, forgetting to ask questions, and making sure I understand everything I can in order for us to get Picasso back into shape. And what she sees in those x-rays looks a lot like pneumonia, but she's asking me to allow her to pass this on to a radiologist. And of course, that's what we do. We just go ahead, do it. Let's just get to the bottom of this. And we finally get to see Picasso. And he's so happy to see us, you know. Happy to get out of there, finally. Back home, the kids greet him and start asking about him. So Roxana and I have to begin to explain that he's very sick and that he will need all our attention and patience and love to get through this. And those two, those those two guys, they're troopers. Liam and Alexander just, they do that. They, they help with his food, his medicine. And they even give him carrots when he has to get his bi-weekly fluids. Now it's been three days and Picasso's antibiotics haven't made a dent in his cough. We wake up every night to soothe him when he's coughing and he likes it. So we stay by his side until one of us falls asleep. <laughs> Sometimes I wake up to his breathing on my forehead and He's so deep in asleep that he doesn't even notice when I go back to our bed and lie there all night thinking about what else we can do. Thinking about how much he must be hurting with that terrible infection. And worst of all, thinking about how much time we have with our baby. Now this guy is strong, but we don't want to fool ourselves. He's 15 years old now, and at this point, we have him on borrowed time. And we know it. The next morning, the vet calls, and my heart is pounding, my hands are sweating and trembling, but I try to muster all my acting skills, and I answer the phone. She tells me that the radiologist sent his readings in, and that what he sees is not pneumonia, but what they call diffused pulmonary neoplasia. And it's not a sure thing until they do a biopsy, but in other words, it's probably cancer. At this moment, my heart sinks. 
deep down inside I know what this means. My wife who's minding the kids feels a silence in the air and finds me in the study room speaking in an unusually low voice to the vet. I take a notepad and scribble down all that she just told me and Roxana's eyes well up with tears. She also knows what this means. I hang up and the first thing my wife says is is he suffering? She asks me. I tell her that they don't know, but that our main concern now should be quality of life for Picasso. And my wife very emphatically tells me, we will not let him suffer. I've seen what cancer does, and we will not let that happen to our baby. And I know, I know. I look at Picasso as the kids start asking questions. He's sleeping, coughing every now and then, but mostly sleeping. Night comes and all I can think of is Picasso. Is he comfortable? At this point, my wife and I have barely slept in the past week. We look as if we just had a baby. And those of you in the audience who have kids know what I'm talking about. Scraggly hair, sunken eyes, the heavy burden of getting out of bed to start your day. You know, exhausted with life. And that's us right now. But if we can squeeze more moments with Picasso, then it's totally worth it. A few more days go by and his cough persists. It's actually worse than before, but... It's been two nights where he doesn't want to eat. He'll eat a piece of ham or some carrots, but none of his food. And believe me, we tried. We were literally spoon-feeding him the night before, but he's just refusing to eat. I sit in bed with my wife. We, we both know that this is not good. It's actually a terrible sign. And the next morning we take him back to the vet. And after a few hours we get a call. The fluid in his chest is getting worse and the vet fears that he could go into respiratory arrest. We ask her what our options are. And after talking to us about quality of life and all that jazz, she finally admits it. And the words flow from her like a sad, melancholic song. Humane euthanasia. Even saying it now leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but that's where we are. She also mentions that we can take him to the emergency vet and get a, a better understanding of what's going on with him, but there are no guarantees. So guess what I'm doing right now? <laughs> yep, I'm with my buddy in the emergency vet. Roxana had to stay home with the kids, so... I'm relaying every bit of information I get through either text or call. Then, after waiting several more hours, the emergency vet comes in. I have my wife on speaker so she can listen and be part of the conversation. And once again, 
After hours of waiting for x-rays, ultrasounds, chest aspirations, and blocked work, the results were in. It's definitely not pneumonia. The fluid in his chest is blood. The reason he's having trouble breathing is because all this blood is causing pressure against his lungs. It's what they call pulmonary hypertension. 90% sure it's cancer. Basically confirming everything the other vet told us. My wife is silently crying on the line, but still asking questions, as always. And I'm here facing the doctor, trying to keep it together. Thinking about my boy, who's in there alone because it's almost 8 o'clock in the evening and we're still there. We're the only ones there. The doctor leaves and Roxana tells me to bring him home. Yes. Yeah, he should be home. The ride back home feels surreal. Because he's a little sedated and not coughing at the moment. But he's still awake. I reach out to pet him and he snuggles his snout between my fingers. And all I can think about is that I'm losing my boy. I feel so helpless. We did everything we could. But the day had to come. We tried every reasonable alternative. But the day still came. We have fought tooth and nail with every ailment nature could send our way. But the day is here. It's now. I come home. It's past the kids' bedtime, but they're still awake. My wife and I have already discussed what we're going to be doing. We have made the decision and it's final. But our boys, they now have to come to grips with the fact that one of our family members is leaving us and will never return. We explain to them we do all we can to make them understand how much Picasso is suffering. And after a while, they sleep. Yeah, their, their day has ended, but our journey this night is just beginning. We take Picasso to our bed, and he falls asleep in my wife's arms. Then she falls asleep with tears running down her cheeks. And then, so do I. I open my eyes and see his snout, almost on my face. Picasso is still sleeping, breathing straight into my face. I smile and stare. I just stare for the longest time. I stare to remember. I have to remember the smell, his hair, his eyes, his ears, his tail. I'm so sad, but happy that he's there with us for one more night.
Now he's awake. And a little coughing begins. I bring him down and walk him to his bowl of water. He drinks and drinks. It's, it's a very rhythmic drinking, lapping with his tongue. I dry his beard and walk him back to his bed. But he can hardly walk. He keeps slipping on the floor, so I go down with him and and I take him in my arms and I hold him against my chest and I don't want to let go. All that pain, that fear, that, that sadness, they all come out and I cry. But after several minutes of me holding Picasso, I, I put him in his bed and I kiss him goodnight. I'm lying in bed now trying to get some sleep, but it's impossible. The good thing is that Picasso is sleeping a lot better after they drain the fluid from his chest. His coughing is not as bad now. I open my eyes and it's morning, February the 1st, 2019. Through all this ordeal, we have been keeping our family up to speed and everyone has been hoping for the best. But today, we have to tell them the reality of the situation. We have to explain that although he is awake, he is still very lethargic, very weak. He can barely walk and he's still not eating. And that even though the doctors drained his chest, it will fill up again. And there's nothing we can do about it. We have to tell them that in order for him not to go through this again and spare him the agony of dying because he cannot breathe, Roxana and I have decided to take him back to the vet and help him pass. As we thought, they do not take this news well, but they understand. And now I tell you, the audience, this has been a very difficult decision to make. And the hurt we feel is terrible. But what our baby is going through is a lot worse. He doesn't deserve to suffer like this. Look, we, we, we have been very fortunate since Picasso found us and decided to keep us by his side. He, he had free rides on cars across country and at least once a year flying to the beautiful island where he was born. He got all the love in the world, not just from us, but from the rest of our family, just by being himself. He's been our boy since day one, Roxy's study mate, my writing partner. A wonderful companion and the source of immeasurable happiness. So today, we say our last goodbye. The kids are in tears and without really understanding why he was going to die today. And yet they go to school. And those who are 
so strong. And Roxana and I are so proud of them. They've been our rock through all of this. And though we've had to console them at times, I think we rely more on them now for strength. My wife and I arrive at the vet literally destroyed by what we are about to do. We stay in the car a while trying to avoid going in, thinking about backing out. But we eventually come around and go inside. They are very kind to us and allow us as much time as we want with our boy. But as much as we want to just run out the door with Picasso in our arms and forget we were ever there, we know we have to let go. And so we do. If you've ever witnessed this, you probably know that it's a very peaceful process. We are with him every step of the way, talking to him, kissing him, and though we know he doesn't understand, we tell him that everything is going to be okay. Then he is going to be okay. Then, amongst all the tears, unending hugs and kisses, we let him rest. Now he doesn't hurt anymore. He doesn't cough. He doesn't whimper, he doesn't have to eat that bland food or have his bi-weekly fluids injected under his skin. He doesn't suffer when he walks. He doesn't need those diapers. Now, he just rests. Our baby Picasso left us calmly and peacefully. And the hurt The hurt is huge, it's deep, it's immense. The kind of hurt that grabs you by the throat and the chest and doesn't allow you to breathe. But now, he doesn't suffer. Now there's no pain. Now he just rests. The doctor leaves, the assistant leaves. And now Roxana and I look at our boy, so gentle, so peaceful, simply the best. Then after a while we call in the assistant again and I carry Picasso in my arms for one last time we kiss him one last time and hand his body over to the vet assistant. She leaves and Roxana and I embrace and cry. You see, it's funny how memories work. When you go back and think about it, when you really think about it, you're there. You live it. You feel it. 
And so this is my Valentine for Picasso. You will always, always be in our hearts. We are so, so sad that you are not here with us. But we are glad that you are no longer suffering. Glad that you're a big part of our lives. But most of all, glad that you lived. Thank you for listening to Media Review Pod. We'll be back with a regular episode soon, so keep those ears peeled. And please, please, don't forget to breathe. We're out.